Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a qualified guest and walk through their story of how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Before we get started today, I just wanted to reiterate my vision, which is to impact over 1 million people through this podcast, but I'm going to need a little bit of help on y'all's end to make that happen. If you could just please share this with a friend, coworker, family member, etc., and most importantly, subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get the latest updates. Today's episode is a part two of an episode I launched on October 20th, where I had the opportunity to sit down with Lee Burgess to walk through mentorship and the DIMS model, very important quadrant-based level of thinking. And really it's where your decisions are uh, really impacted by desperation, inspiration, money, and sex. And today's episode is a deeper dive on mentorship and the DIMS model. I'm really, really excited to have Lee back on the podcast today. As I mentioned, this is a part two, so uh, feel free to go back to October 20th and check out part one. But most importantly, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. And as we like to say here, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Lee, thanks for coming back on today for the part two. I'm really excited to have you on here today. No, I'm definitely pumped up. I do appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Of course. So I know in part one, you, you had a chance to introduce yourself, but um, I'd love for you just to go back for, for those people who haven't actually listened to part one, unfortunately, and just kind of give a high-level overview of yourself. Oh, that sounds good. Well, my name is Lee Burgess. I've been down here in Charlotte, North Carolina for about 21 years. I am a uh, civil engineer. I'm Ohio State Buckeye. You know, just a tennis player and traveler. I do a lot of investing, and I'm in uh, the real estate world. Mm. You uh, you definitely are a tennis player. Every time I shoot you a text about the podcast or something, you're like, "Sorry, I was playing another round of tennis." Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, it. I got I got beat up the other day by a Russian buddy of mine, Max. Yeah, he took me to the school. Uh, what, yeah. what what's your win loss record with him? We're probably fifty fifty. Sometimes I get in there and get a little angry, <laughs> get get it amped up. But yeah, he plays me well. He's also got twenty year younger legs, so that always helps. Mm, mm, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, we'll have to play one of these days. Absolutely, sure. I have no problem. So, before we really get started, you know, talking about the Dims and and mentorship, let's uh, let's break down the first uh, part one episode briefly, just so kind of everyone has a grasp of where we're headed today. Um, so, so just in your opinion, where where do you think we really went with the first episode? Well, I think what we did was we exposed um, kind of some of the stories about myself and how I found uh, mentorship and then also kind of my early programming, I think, was part of it. Mm. Um, you know, some of the successes and failures and how I uh, was able to retool my future by some of the things that I'd done earlier in my life to be able to rebound quickly. Um, when it came to the mentorship... We, I think we covered that in a, a pretty good broad stroke, and that was something that took a while for it to uh, mature. Hmm. It was about a two-and-a-half-year process after I started the company, my Burgess Design, like we were talking about. Uh, it took a while for me to earn that privilege, and uh, I didn't realize who it was at the time. So 
that was part of what we were talking about as a mentorship of somebody you didn't expect, but you needed them. And then when you did figure out you needed them, it was surprisingly, it, uh, it just took a lot of hard work, a lot of free work too. Mm. And that's one of the things that I wasn't prepared for. A lot of times you want to always make a lot of money, but sometimes working for free earns the uh, right to have the discussion with them. And a mentor is a friend, a guidance, a parent kind of like influence, somebody that can financially put you in a better position, somebody that can introduce you to individuals, open doors that you would have never had open before. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's we kind of broad stroke that. I think that was part of one. Yep, yep, for sure. And I think what really stuck out to me on the last episode that we did was mentorship. It's something that's finding a proper mentor is earned, right? It's not just that's correct freely given to you. And you mentioned that you actually have to take the time to earn it, build it, and then overall have the respect uh, respectfulness there. Correct. That is correct. And 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 a lot of times that I think is important is having patience. And uh, mm-hmm. I think when we're in uh, in certain quadrants in our life, the patience is very time sensitive and we talked about time and how to use our time a little bit more efficiently, but that was part of it. Yeah. And I know also in the first episode, we, we got to touch on the quadrant based level of thinking and how, how, you know, two of the four or each different one kind of impacts um, your ability to not only find a mentor, keep a mentor, but ultimately live, live your life. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. You can either uh, live in a, a child state or an adult state on the uh, quadrant. And I think those are areas that uh, people can change. Mm-hmm. You actually have the ability to make those changes. It's just understand where you're at. Yeah. And so I know today we're going to have the opportunity to go, uh, you know, take a deeper dive on the quadrant. Um, and before we get started with that, um, I'd love if you could just give another brief overview of, of what the quadrant means to you. Well, okay. That's great. Well, I appreciate it. Um, the quadrant, um, like we were talking about the DIMS, um, it was something I created about 10 years ago, and it was probably worded a little different, but uh, it was a, a way for me to kind of reset myself um, when I was going through some downtimes, and I was trying to figure out why, and I was trying to plug in some you know, possibilities to be successful somewhere else. And so when I gridded it out, it was really a linear. It was never like a, an actual checkerboard or anything. It was just words written straight up and down. And it didn't have any rhyme or reason, and I couldn't figure out a flow. And I was trying to figure out, I kept circling two of them hmm. that was going on in my mindset at the time. And it was usually desperation and money. And it was because I could not get beyond those two. It was not allowing me to be inspired, but I knew that's my target. I was trying to get inspired, yeah. and I knew I was missing that component, but I was showing myself in, in a very weak state, and it was hard to get people to trust you when you look weak. Mm-hmm. It just is. Yeah. And so that's part of what how that was created. Mm. When you first created it 10 years ago, did you do a lot of Google searches, or, or what was kind of the process of creating this? Yeah, no, I uh, I just wrote it on a piece of paper how I felt. Yeah, I love <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It was... Uh, you know, uh, you, you, you kind of pick up uh, uh, pick up yourself off the, the ground after getting walloped with a couple of bad deals or some people that didn't pay you, and you're, you're trying to figure out what I needed to do differently in the future. And most of the time was my mindset was off, and mm-hmm. I wasn't make I was making poor decisions. And I was chasing I was chasing that dollar versus slowing down and getting people in a, as a, a team environment. I thought I could do everything on my own. And so I realized that I needed a team environment, but I didn't know how to get one. Mm. And, you know, when you're in an office environment, you do have a team technically. You know, you work with other constituents, and uh, they have their role. 
right. and they, they support you and they kind of take your take your back from you. But when you're out on your own, and I had uh, gotten laid off, like I was saying in the first uh, episode, you have to reset pretty quick. Yeah. Reset is not even uh, the word that's even imaginable when you start, you know, looking at trying to pay bills. Mm. You're trying to figure out how to think clear, get new clients, but also pay your bills. The quadrant came into play because I was trying to find out where I was at, and I uh, didn't utilize it well enough early on, as I know I fine-tuned it over the last couple of years, and now it has a better application, and it's easier to understand and uh, share it with people. Mm. And, it, and it sounds like it's it's been one of those models that's constantly evolved based on situations, right? Or? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, ironically, the four items always stay the same. Mm. It's just how I piece them together to make the puzzle make sense. Yeah. Um, you you really can take those four and, and apply them to most people, and not everybody's going to have the same outcome, but uh, they definitely have the same influences over a twelve month calendar. Everybody's going to touch those. Mm, mm, okay, so let's go through uh, each of the four, just sure. kind of one by one, um, so everyone really understands the full quadrant based model here that we're working with. Um, so. Number one, as as you can see, you know, people listening can't see the same model we're looking at, but but it always starts with D, correct? That's correct, and that's desperation, okay. and that you can just drop it down to something very simple like a state of despair, mm. where you're anxious or you're um, making rational, irrational decisions, you're not thinking clearly, and that's where desperation kind of like puts you in a more vulnerable state, where you're not able to think as clear. And so what happened to me when I was getting desperate, I had to have another component influence me, and which was the money component, hmm. because then that applies the time element. And when you have the time element, that connects the dots for you to either A, react, or it's going to take you under. And that's what happened to me, where I didn't pay attention to the money component, and the desperation was kicking in, and the money disappeared. Hmm. And it's hard to recover from that. And... Yeah. It doesn't matter where you're at. It, the other quadrants don't matter. Mm. You know, the, the sex is not the act of sex, obviously. It's more of the sexual attraction of individuals or the sex appeal of an item or something like that. But the inspiration was so far distance that I couldn't figure out how to get my feet underneath me until I got involved with somebody that I didn't realize was going to be my future mentor mm. who gave me the wings mm. Okay, and allowed me to survive. Gotcha. So if you're looking at it, starts with D, which is desperation, kind of making decisions out of that anxiety state that you could be in, or Correct. just you know desperate, as it, as it says in the in the quadrant. Yeah. No, nothing to overthink there. Yeah. And then so you're not really performing at your peak state if you're strong in that quadrant, right? Or yeah, I think what happens is your your clarity's off. Mm. And um, and when I was explaining the money component. What that did was it applied a time element, which started the clarity. Yeah. So being desperate doesn't mean much until you add the other components to it, whether it's um, uh, not to get into weeds, but let's just say you're just talking money, Mm -hmm. period. Let's just say we're staying the money thing because it influences everybody mostly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, everybody. That if one of those gets depleted or knocked off balance, that's going to reset you pretty quick in those two quadrants, and they're going to play off each other. And if you were to be successful and get yourself out of being desperate and your money gets balanced, 
that'll drop you into the inspiration model, which will allow you a little bit better vision long-term. Meaning you're not hung up on just trying to survive. You're looking to inspire or give back, grow. Yeah. It's hard to grow when you're desperate. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think when you're desperate too, like for for myself, if I'm in a a desperate situation to, to make a sales quota or, you know, there's so many different things that you can be desperate in. Like, I, I'm not performing at my peak because I'm I'm thinking about the what if outcome this doesn't happen. Right, and and mm-hmm. you know when I was talking about my reference, it um, it's just because I was out on my own. Mm-hmm. But if you were like thinking about, for example, yours, right? Yours is not necessarily a money component, but it could be um, a review component. Mm-hmm. Meaning, um, you need to get these things done, or your review on your quarterly review with your boss could be impacted for raises, bonuses, whatnot, right. which could influence your money. Yeah, your money side. Yeah. Yeah. So you you do have that push, mm. and you know that there's a target that's going to influence it too. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So once you have D, then looking at the quadrant, you go to I. I, which okay. is down. Okay. So that's down, um, and that's inspiration, correct? Yeah, and that's pretty straightforward. I mean, there's a lot of just good things about it. Uh, I think the problem with inspiration is we drop our guard and mm. we don't get um, sense of urgency. Yeah. I, I don't think it pushes you. I, I don't think it does it to everybody, but I think when I was real successful, like I said in the first episode, I dropped my guard and the money component got hit again and then it mm. kicked me right back into D. Yeah. So I was already an I and the money was already taken care of. S was not even on the radar because that wasn't even a problem with me. It was, I was high on the hog and I let go of watching things because desperation allows you to keep an eye on things a little finer, mm. meaning you're, you're, you're paying attention to little details that could knock you off balance. But when you're inspired, man, all you're doing is swinging for the fences. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was doing. Mm. And, and when you're in the desperation, you're taking more calculated risk. Yeah. You're um, thinking it through. Just like you were talking about going out to eat with your friends. You mm. know, you had seven bucks or whatever it was. And, yeah. And, you know, you're like, what can I get? You know, I really can't buy a girl a drink, but I can get myself a drink and maybe a an appetizer yeah. you know, or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Taking that calculated risk. Yeah. So you were thinking about it before you even walked in the front door. Yeah. What's interesting about, <clears throat> you mentioned about, you know, when you're in the inspiration quadrant, you can kind of let some things get away from your fingertips. Like for example, I think this was in October. I had a killer just first two weeks of the, the the sales. You know, I was like, this is amazing. And then the third and fourth week, I just wasn't taking as many calculated risks. I was like, oh I'm fine. Like I just locked up twice as much as I thought I would these first two weeks. But then the fourth week happened and I wasn't at my goal that I needed to be because I was too inspired and didn't take that second level. Yeah, what you did was um is that kind of what you're getting at there? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, it, and a good example of that is you just took your foot off the gas pedal. Yeah. That's just about as simple as you can make it look. It, when when you're in a desperate state, you're putting your foot on the gas pedal, and you're trying to keep things moving so you do not let opportunities slide by because of the time element. Mm. And when you're inspired, um, your foot gets off the gas pedal. You're looking at all the other shiny objects in life. You're enjoying stuff. Yeah you're probably taking a little bit more personal time and then setting back and maybe taking a trip, going out to dinner more often. And uh, and what happens is is you're not focusing on what originally got you there. Mm, mm. And that that's where you can end up shifting yourself back. Yeah, yeah. And it could be even just, it could be not even like full, in, you know, where you're up to your neck. 
in desperation, but it could be where your ankles are in there and you're, you're kind of locked. Mm. You can reach and you can kind of see yourself getting away from it, but your feet are locked in place and you can tell something's bad developing unless you get yourself motivated again. Mm. But your problem is, is if you're in the D and I and you're straddling it, you have a better shot at being in the eye faster because your foot's already in there. Yeah, makes sense. But if you have both feet in D, it takes a little bit of effort to get to I. Yeah. And I, and everybody likes to be in I, but the problem is, is when we get to I, we always want to reward ourselves. Mm. It's just that simple. And that's where that gas pedal comes up. And that's when your money... That's when you start burning up cash flow, <clears throat> yeah. enjoying things. Yeah, so, so then what's the, the end portion? I mean, I know it's money, but... Um, money, I think it's kind of like when you look at it, it, it plays with, it's, it, it isn't a standalone. It has to have Another, a situation, right? Yeah, okay. And so money is like a side component to desperation or inspiration where you're very successful in the inspiration category. The money's probably going to be very solid and mm-hmm. you're going to have a real good lifestyle. And when you're in the D, the money's a driver because that's what you need to function. Mm. And the sex component where we've talked about it numerous times could be being able to just go out and go to a bar and, you know, you find this woman that's attractive across the bar and you're not able to buy her a drink because you're in a desperate state and your money's depleted. Mm. And so you end up impacting that cat. Yeah, that quadrant gets impacted pretty quick. Yeah. Even though you want to talk to her, you know that that's one of the main things is going to be one way or another is going to be exposed. Hmm. So the that is one of the things that I always kept an eye on is because I always like enjoying female company, but it didn't come without a little bit of a price. Mm-hmm. Whether it's my time, whether it's resources, mm. whether you know whether it's definitely money, where you're taking them out, taking them on trips, buying them flowers, you know, doing all the nice things that most gentlemen should do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that when you're in the D&Ms getting banged up. Yeah, because you're, yeah. you're strapped for resources. Yeah, and then and what it does is it, it impacts your ability to be relevant to other people. Hmm. So that kind of rolls into where I was going to go with it afterwards with the mentorship. Hmm. When you're desperate and your money's depleted, it's hard for people to want to take you on. Hmm. And uh, we'll talk about that later, but I just wanted to kind of give you, that's a real yeah. brief example why. Yeah, that makes sense. So is there any peak quadrants that, I mean, a perfect two pair that, that you can be in together? Or how does that really work? It just well, you could take three of them and okay. be a rock star. You could be inspired, <clears throat> money, and sex, and you'd, you'd have the trifecta. Mm. Gotcha. I mean, that would be like being in a perfect marriage, financially yeah. set. Um, you you're know, inspired. You're inspired. Yeah. Everything's motivated. Every day you wake up, you're encouraged. You probably have a good career or a good business model. And uh, if you have children, they're uh, they're reacting different mm-hmm. because there's a lot of different energy in the room. And uh, you know that's one of the things I've noticed with some of my wealthy friends is that not all, but most of them have a pretty good childhood. Yeah. What uh what what quadrants are you in right now? Uh yo, I'm definitely inspired in money. Yeah. And uh I dabble my foot uh in the, the sex part with uh my lady friends, but it's not the act of sex, but yeah, the companionship, right? So and think about it, we're we're a generation apart. Mm-hmm. I was doing some thinking about that and yeah. I was laughing because to be honest with you, it doesn't matter what generation. Mm. They all have an influence. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of Some sense. Some of them get a little dialed back, but in general, yours is going to be about the same as mine. Yeah. Just you're going to be a lot more active in all of them. Yeah. Faster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I was in a, in a D a few months ago, but I think I've mainly transitioned to more of an I and M right now. There you That's go. That's probably where I'm sitting at. Well, just you can sleep good at night. Yeah, well, we'll see after the holidays if, if I'm still in the M or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there are some uh, expenses uh, coming up, aren't there? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then there's the uh, New Year's Eve stuff that goes down. Yep, yep. So just a uh, quick quick recap on sure. the Dems. So desperation, inspiration, money, and sex. So, and then you can be in three, but you're usually just in two. Usually you're in two. And okay, it, and it's very straightforward, and that kind of gives you a chance to reset where you know you're at. Okay, and so they all shape on how you live your life, how you cultivate relationships. Each one does, correct? Correct. Okay, okay, that's really good to know. Um, so, touching on this, you briefly touched on this earlier. Within mentorship, what are some ideal quadrants? Like, if you're at a D and an M, are you going to be able to have what you need to acquire a mentor? I don't know if it'll make it easy. Mm. I think what you'll end up running into, if you just reflect back and if you saw somebody that was in a bad place, you end up wanting to help them as a charity case more than a mentorship. So one of the key things that I always look at is um, trying to find a way to get my commodity value up, even if I am in a desperate state, showing my value outside what's going on. Yeah. Meaning, uh, you know, for example, yeah, I'm financially in a tight spot, but I have a commodity like an engineering degree mm. that I can actually expose to the right people and be able to grow from it, right? And that's one of the commodities I always tell people. You have to have something inside you to add value to someone else's life or the mentorship's not going to be easy. Mm. You're not going to develop it. Yeah. Because a mentor's not going to go and expose all your strengths. Yeah. He's going to want to know or she's going to know at least one of them to see if they can help you. And if they uh, can see one or two of them, then you have a better opportunity. So even if you're desperate, but you have a commodity that's not being utilized properly, you might have a pretty good successful rate of recovery, but it still takes time. Mm -hmm. No mentor is going to do it in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. What do you think are some steps, if you don't really know your uh, commodities, um, on the value that you can bring to really find those? Well, part of it is your education. Um, and then also some of it's your early programming. Maybe even ask your friends, you know, and see what they think. See what your, uh, your values are. And maybe they can help you look for something that you're missing. Um, maybe support groups that might be out there. You know, in my case, it was just me... Fortunate at the time, I had uh, the M component fairly well handled, but the uh, D component got exposed. But I was in a place to where I had a great commodity, and that's what got me in line with the uh, mentor that I have today. And um, we can, you know, kind of talk a little bit more about that. But it, one of the things was is I didn't have all of them weakened. I had one, mm. so I still had some strength in a couple other ones to buy time. Yeah. And so I didn't look as desperate, even though internally I was just melting away. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, I just didn't want him to see it because then I felt that he wouldn't help or offer me the opportunity, whether it was a mentorship or just the opportunity to have income. Because mm, they didn't want to act like a second parent. 
Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. Not at the time. No. That, that, you know, especially when you just, and even, even at that point, it was such a new business relationship. There was no uh, emotional tie to me hmm. like there is today, you know, because we've been through a lot. Yeah. So we built that up. But initially, he didn't want to put the time into me if he knew I was just going to be somebody who's going to emotionally drain him. Right. You know, even if I had the right tools, I still had to suck it up and fight through it and not show that I was weak. Mm-hmm. Show that you had the strengths and yeah. so you had the resources needed and that, you know. You, even if I didn't, yeah, I still pretended. Didn't, so, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and, and that's why I was saying that the, the money component was still taken care of so it wasn't exposed. But if I'd let it go on for extended period of time at the the pace that I was doing it, I would have been exposed pretty quick. Yeah, at that, you know, it would have been years, but it would have got me, and then it would have it may have went backwards. Hmm. So fortunately, I got it done in about two and a half years, like we were mentioning. And um, without that, I think I think I would have exposed myself earlier if I didn't have the money component to buy a little bit of leverage and time, so I don't look desperate. Even though I knew deep down inside my clock was running, yeah. So that was about the only way I could have looked at that one. I mean, it was just I was fortunate there. But if you didn't have money and you're desperate, you're going to have to fall back on that commodity of some kind of personal skill set or support system mm. or some kind of family that allow you to buy time to get yourself planted again in an opportunity or a career or start a business, whatnot. So it, that was the one thing that I didn't worry about, but I just knew there was eventually it was going to run out. Hmm. So I was taking a calculated risk, but there still was a timer on it. Yeah, yeah, because you knew that it wasn't going to last forever. No, if it, your, your resources are X and your your costs are Y and you start minus and then there's Z is what's left, hmm. and you knew that Z was getting tight. Hmm. And so I just lived lean and I was fortunate enough to keep a lot of projects moving and uh, went through some hardships with them and uh, exposed the, the caring side of myself. And that allowed me the opportunity to be more involved with their personal life on a day-to-day basis, which opens up a lot more doors. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So what really is mentorship to you and why do you think it's very important? Well, I think mentorship is important to me because it gave me a second chance. Mm, okay. Um, if it was for someone else that's just coming up or somebody that's coming off of a, a rebound, it could be a second chance or it could be someone ramping up and actually creating a future that's already been tested hmm. where a mentor can say, Hey, you know, you probably don't want to go that route. Yeah. You know, or go this route, but you know, observe these kind of obstacles and understand they're not going to be easy, but if you you know got your mind right, you could prevail through them and have that guidance, and that's one of the other items hmm. that can help. Gotcha. And I, with the mentorship too, you got to have. You mentioned two and a half years, right? You got to have the patience to build that up, or yeah. And I didn't realize that either. I mean, you know, nobody goes into something and go, "All right, I'm going to commit two and a half years to it," and think that there's going to be a rainbow on the end of it. Yeah. Um, I was doing it because I was making money with them, and I didn't think anything of it. I was still getting paid, living lean, but I was building a friendship up. Mm. And so I was fortunate, but the time that it took was two and a half years based on my my own personal story. Mm-hmm. Some people might be able to develop something in three months. Some people might develop five years. Who knows? Some people may never, ever develop anything because it just doesn't line up. Mm. And that's the tough part for some. 
And that's why I said, you got to have a commodity or add value to somebody. And then your ultimate goal when you become a, you know, involved with a mentor is figure out how to become one yourself. Mm. Learn how to give back. Mm. You can learn how to give what you got. Yeah. And that was part of what we talked about in episode one is being able to give because that's what gave him the opportunity because he felt that he was so successful that his reward was finding somebody that he could share with that took it serious hmm. and appreciated it. Yeah. yeah. So what are some some steps that, that people could just initially, because I, I think some people out there don't even really know where to begin. I mean, is it just messaging some random dude on LinkedIn and let's get a coffee or how does that really first process look like? Uh, I, the, you know, I, I can't even rationally uh, give you good examples because mine happened when I got laid off. I reached out to him about a year later, and I found him through uh, a business directory. Hmm. Okay. And I just pinged him, and then we ended up having coffee. But it was our, I already had a indirect kind of direct relationship with him with a prior employer. But it was still like starting from scratch. Yeah. So when I sat down with him, you know, he was kind of looking at me with one eye and kind of like, what do you want kind of thing? Because he's you know, obviously done very well. So he's used to people always begging, kicking his door down, trying to you know, get something for nothing. And I just asked, you know, if he had any projects. And I just wanted to go to work. Hmm. And that was how it worked for me. I'm not saying that's going to be the same for everyone else. If you were to, today's technology, I would say you could definitely reach out through LinkedIn and try to find ways of giving something to somebody, get their attention. Because you get inundated with a lot of solicitors, so you got to Mm -hmm. stick out from that, right? You can also try to get into some groups. I'm thinking there's probably you know, some meetups or some kind of LinkedIn groups that you can actually get in and get involved and add value. And that might expose yourself to somebody that might find interest. Yeah. You know, you got to, there's a lot of vehicles that you got now that I didn't have that are a little easier, but it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of other people doing it. So to stick out, you have to just drop down to just adding value to someone's life and whatever that category might be. If you're a caregiver, or if you're a, an accountant, or if you're an engineer, if you're somebody that does landscaping, you got to draw attention to them by giving them value. And I think that that'll get your foot in the door. I'm not sure that'll guarantee a mentorship, hmm. but at least it'll get a conversation going. Yeah. And I think that's the first step you need. So on that initial conversation, how transparent should you be about your current situation that you're in? I don't know if you should. Okay. I think you should just add value. I don't think they're there to be a psychiatrist. Mm, makes sense. You know, I I didn't do that. Yeah. We talk about it years later, but it, it's mostly out of a joke. And he <laughs> and, and ironically, he already knew. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it was like it was splitting hairs. He already could see it. He just was waiting for me to talk about it, but he didn't want to hear it initially. And yeah. He told me that because I didn't want to have to be a babysitter. Mm. So so how that could look would be. Let's say you were a small business owner on a scale of one to 10, you were at a two. And then another small business owner who you wanted to mentor you was at a nine. With that first initial contact point, as me as the mentoree, say, hey, I saw that you're also a small business owner. Here are eight marketing strategies that I printed out that I think could help you. I wanted to just give you this booklet or kind of an action step like that. Or You could do that. I mean, if that's your value-added component, yeah, yeah. of course. Okay. I mean, you, like for him, I, I just did uh, free engineering drawings. Yeah. 
I mean, did you ask I, him what projects he had? Yeah, I asked him gotcha. a couple of projects, and uh, he goes, "Hey, I mean, I'm designing a couple of warehouses." I said, "Throw them at me," and uh, I just did them for nothing. And I came up with some really creative ideas we built, and then after that, it took off. Mm. But it wasn't like I was screaming at millions of dollars, but it allowed me to pay the electric bill. Yeah, and it it started creating value to him, and then he gave me the money component, and it took me out of the desperation model, put me in the inspiration model with one foot in both. D and I, mm. but I wasn't both feet in D. Yeah, and the mentor helps you get into the proper quadrant, right? Yeah, I think what they do is they just get your mind right. Mm. And if your mind is somewhat in the right, you know, if you're viewing yourself in the right mindset of wanting to be successful, the positive energy that you put out is something that's contagious. Mm -hmm. And there's already enough negative stuff going on in this world. They love to see some positive stuff, but they also want to see what you're like when you go through a downtime. Mm. You know, if something goes wrong or a client doesn't like a project or something, somebody has an issue, you know, it's one of those items. Then you have to reset it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So would you say that just action steps people can take right now is just have the patience for the mentor. Correct. And then actually show the value that you can add right off the bat, right? Yeah, you have to add value or you're not going to get their attention, especially in today's market. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Would uh, Is there anything else that you want to add on the whole mentorship thing? I know we're, we're getting to the end of this. Yeah, I think what we could do is we can have people reach out to me and I can put together a little bit of a maybe a, a PDF of some ideas and I can email it to them or send it to them in Facebook or LinkedIn. Yeah, and remind everyone where to connect with you again. Yeah, it's pretty simple. My name's Lee Burgess and it's Broker Burgess and it's uh, you can type that in in LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and it all comes up the same. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, um, thank, thanks again for tuning in. Um, Lee, thank you for, for being a guest on part two. Yeah, hopefully it uh, went and somebody, we can help at least one person. It'd be great. Yeah, I'm glad we got to expand on, on the you know the quadrant-based thinking. I know some people did have some follow-up questions after part one, um, and I'm glad we kind of got to break each one down. Did we do it? Yeah, we did. I, I didn't did even know well. the questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I really think we, we had a chance to go on the mentorship route too because that's obviously most important, um, especially for the listeners out there. Um, I think some action steps that I really got was, you know, know that it's a patience game. You know, you're not just going to find a mentor in five seconds. You know, it, it took Lee about two and a half years to cultivate that relationship. And I think most importantly with that too is, you know, show the type of value that you can provide that you can help them out. Don't focus on what you can take, focus on what you can give. Um, that's some really action steps that I got out of this conversation. Um, and I really wanted to thank you guys for taking the time to tune in today. Uh, if you guys have any further questions, you know where to reach out to me at the uh, Next Level Minds podcast on Instagram. And you can also reach out to Lee, who just shared his contact information prior. I'll make sure to include that in the show notes as well. And once again, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. And as we like to say here, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Mm -hmm.